Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about how to find big money making investment opportunities. Standard Oil, Amazon, Gold, Google, Bitcoin, Uranium, and Lithium. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. All right, new episode, new day, Wednesday, October 13th. And we are talking about investing, how to find good investing ideas. I actually don't know how I'm gonna title it, but but here's the here's the theme of what uh, what we're gonna talk about. I did a uh, a Twitter post, when was that? Yesterday. And here, here's the actual post, right? It said, uh, uh, create or invest in a business that solves a problem where the demand for that solution is significantly higher than the supply of people able and willing to solve it. And you will have the ability to print, quote unquote, more money than you can ever spend. And that is my investment philosophy simplified uh, for when I'm looking for good opportunities. And so what I want to do is just walk through some examples and show what I mean in the, in the spirit of Dale Carnegie, who, who wrote one of the best books ever, uh, ever written, how to win friends and influence people. I'm going to use the examples. So I find that that book is just full of, here's the principle, here's different examples, and it's a great way to, to teach. So let's start with standard oil. And a side note, if you've never listened to the podcast called Acquired, it's a really good podcast that goes over uh, acquisitions and uh, of, of companies throughout history. One of the recent episodes was one on Standard Oil, and uh, that was just a really good one because I've read Ron Chernow's 800-page book called Titan on John D. Rockefeller, and it was a business masterclass. So first example is Standard Oil. Um, and... They, he used the formula because what you basically had when he started was, um, you know, we were we were using whale oil for, for lighting things, for energy. And there, when he when he started, the oil industry, oil and gas industry, as we know, it was relatively like new. We it wasn't mass use, but it was coming. And so he was a early investor uh, into refining in that industry. And where he was really good was he was excellent at business operations, managing costs. And um, and he had a great partner who knew how to refine the oil, which there was a limited supply of people who can do that. And so you, so you have an industry that's relatively new. It's the wild, wild west, a person who's good with numbers and, and getting capital from banks, raising capital from banks. He was early in demand for oil and gas. And at that time, it wasn't really for automobiles. It was for uh, kerosene to, to light the homes, right? We, we They were decades and decades away from automobiles when he started. Um, but he was very early in the demand curve and with a limited supply of people who could raise the money needed, manage the cost necessary, and refine the oil to create the standard for the industry, which allowed him to control something like 
90% of the oil market in the in the US. So that was standard oil, right? It ended up being a great investment for uh, early investors uh, and and people who were acquired using standard oil stock uh, in the early days. Uh, another example, because it doesn't have to be a company, it can be an asset class is gold, right? In the ninth, and, and gold has been the case, uh, a good asset to return to numerous times throughout history, typically at the end of a uh, monetary system. And so the 1970s was another example uh, of gold being a great asset to own because you had a, you know, you had a situation where s- stocks were uh, expensive in the U.S. because of the you know 50s and 60s uh, stock market boom. You had the government that was spending money like a drunken sailor, just printing away the wealth of savers and investors because when when they print money it makes the value of dollars and dollar-based assets worth uh less and the world at this time also had a you know had a lot of savings uh, have, have you know have put their uh savings in 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 dollars uh by default because we defaulted on uh exchanging their for the world for getting their gold out of the us so we kept their gold paid them in, you know, uh, made them keep dollars that they they had been saving in. And so there was a lot of people who were worried about their savings being printed away from irresponsible U.S. spending. Um, And so gold became the asset of choice for lots of investors to protect their purchasing power. There was a limited supply of gold in the world and lots of irresponsible spending by governments and they needed a place to, uh, to store their wealth. So supply and demand was in favor of gold as an asset class. Let's look at Amazon, the early 2000s as an example. And so in the in the in the late 90s, you had uh, the internet was relatively new. I think from something like in 1997 there were only 100 million users of the internet so you were early uh, in the demand curve and and the demand for people buying and use buying things on the internet was going to just exponentially go up over time and but you had very few companies that were executing the right strategy. You have, you know, lots of fly by night companies trying to sell everything or, you know, trying to sell things that were just tough to sell. And then you had Jeff Bezos who started out just selling books, right? Because um, books were relatively, um, I think Brad Stone wrote a very good book. Look up Brad Stone, Amazon book, I forget the name of it, but he wrote a very good book on Amazon in that story. But Jeff executed a very simple strategy on the internet by just starting out with books um, and getting folks used to buying uh, books uh, online and then expanded the business uh, methodically from there. So you had a, a situation where there was going to be huge demand for buying things on the internet, but a low supply of entrepreneurs who were executing appropriately. Heck, after the crash in 2000, you just had a very low supply of companies that actually survived it. Amazon was one that also survived the 2000 crash. Um, and so if you believe the internet was going to be a place to uh, buy things on at that time. You could even wait until after the crash and bought the relatively few companies that were um, uh, that survived. Uh, that trend, Amazon was one of them, and and, and did quite well. Um, Google, another example. Um, you had again on the internet. You had lots of sites being built on the internet. Um, lots of information, right? The the uh, 
but but for the majority of the people, it was kind of overwhelming to find all the information that you needed. It wasn't really a simple way to find that information. Um, there were search engines, but none that delivered like the simplicity of the information like Google. And so Google put the supply and demand curve on their side and was, one of, you know, um, heck, Google might have been the only company that was delivering it the simplest way um, with the best algorithm for helping people find what they needed uh, on the Internet. Now that brings us to current day. Um, and you look at Bitcoin, which the environment, and again, y'all know I own Bitcoin. So, you know, that's that's not a, a new if you're if you're a longtime listener. But uh, same problem as the, as the 70s, except it's, it's global and there's lots more money printing. And so you have, but the difference is now Bitcoin also solves a problem that uh, gold does not solve in a sense where, you know, if you, if you own gold, you want to physically custody it uh, to, you know, to protect it from, because let me give you the backstory. The reason why all the countries stored their gold in the U.S., because it's, it's tough, you know, you got to store your gold somewhere, right? Or you got to defend it. And so U.S. being an ally, you know, people are like, well, hey, we can keep our gold here and we can do trade in dollars. And if we need to ever do, do my gold, we can. So you had to store your gold, um, you know, somewhere um, and transporting it is expensive. And then if the pe- person that's storing your gold doesn't want to return it, then you know, what, what are you going to do? And so Bitcoin is a way where now you have a scarce asset that's digital, that's super fast to transfer, relatively cheap to transfer digitally anywhere um so it solved the problem of gold um uh, being confiscated um and it's doing it at a time where again governments around the world are printing crazy money which destroys wealth uh in uh in assets that are uh derivatives of currency which all of them right outside of gold real estate and bitcoin and some other cryptos but bitcoin being the hardest digital asset uh, with this most networked but so that's bitcoin right Bitcoin solves two problems. It solved the problem of government printing and the problem of gold being expensive and not cheap or, or expensive and taking a long time to transfer. So Bitcoin solved those problems. Uranium and lithium, also two investments um, that we own in the macro opportunity strategy. Uh, and these are, you have a global initiative of global warming, which is, I mean, if you, I, I this setup is almost as big as as the, the 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 money one with Bitcoin, in my opinion, because you have the climate changing. Now, whether that's man-made or not, you know, I'm not here to debate that. But I think most people agree that emitting, you know, emitting less, you know, deadly stuff into the air is just overall good for, for humans. Um, and so you have everybody who's bought into that, 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 that matters, policymakers around the world plus big businesses, uh, plus the younger generation. So it's 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 alignment, right? Very few things where you align the younger generation with those in power. And so it's full alignment and we are transitioning to uh, renewable energy over time. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, you have you know nuclear power, which is some of the cleanest, cheapest way to deliver uh, renewable energy, low supply of producers uh, who could produce uranium at the rate that demand is coming. Um, same with lithium, because again, you know, uh, relative to gold, right? Uranium and lithium, it's plentiful, but you just haven't had a lot of investment uh, in it and the demand for it, because, you know, uh, what lithium is, is it's the uh, stuff that's used for the batteries and, and 
and smartphones uh, and electric cars. And um, and so you have that production ramping up aggressively. And when you look at the supply and demand, uh, it becomes a squeeze real quick um, because the demand is exponentially growing. And so these are, you know, current uh, best investment ideas, investing in uh, just flat out lithium and uranium or companies that are in that business are other investments along with Bitcoin that puts you in a position where you put the supply and demand curve in your favor, right? Low supply of solutions and a high demand for those solutions exponentially increasing into time. And and those ideas, you don't have to trade. You just catch them and then you are patient and wait for the market to come to you. So I hope this helps. I, I, I'm doing this, these type of episodes to help people think for themselves when it comes to investing because so many uh, podcasters or news services or subscription services want people to keep coming back to them to get the investment ideas, right? And I want you to keep coming back to my podcast because I'm really teaching how to think about investing. You can find your own ideas once you are able to understand the deal that, hey, there are problems out here in the world that are big. And whenever you see a big problem and there's not a lot of good solutions for that problem, you are on to something either as a business owner or as an investor. And it allows you to make uh, lots of money over time as the market comes to you, assuming that you are right. Until tomorrow, y'all enjoy your day. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.